so good to see you this morning here at the assembly. We're so excited that you can join us on this Palm Sunday. There are a lot of beautiful people around you. So before you sit down, greet one or two people who you haven't seen this week.
Jesus. God, today, remind us that your victory is ours. And every one of us in this room have the opportunity to experience what it means to really know you. The powerful implications of that on our thoughts, our everyday life, our every action, our every word. Thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, the best of the day. Give the Lord a great praise. Come on, everybody. Yes, you may be seated today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God placed every sin on him. The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb. We were like sheep who had gone astray. We had turned everyone to his own way, but God laid on him, laid on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus died, the righteous for the unrighteous, because of his supreme sacrifice, because of the completeness of the work at the cross and the resurrection. There is now forgiveness available to anyone who asks. If you simply cry out or call out on the name of the Lord, he will meet you where you are because he's already there, poised to forgive you. It's the reason that Paul said, now because of this sacrifice, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because of the sacrifice that he made, because he offered himself, because he took our place, we now have an opportunity to be reconciled to God. The wrath that was directed toward you and me was averted and it was placed on Christ. The very judgment of God satisfied through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. So because of his shed blood, because of his incredible and glorious resurrection, any person anywhere who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is indeed this one and the only one through whom salvation is available. To that person, salvation comes. The result of that is acceptance. The result of that is freedom. The result of that is forgiveness. The result of that is a fullness of purpose, a life that works, and one day, an eternal home in a place called heaven. I think one more time it would be appropriate to celebrate the awesome sacrifice and gift of God given to all of us through his only son, Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to a group of people in a city called Corinth about this experience, this relationship with Jesus, what it means. What are the implications of being saved? What are the implications right now of being in right standing with God? And so Paul chose specific words, and I want you to see them. It's 2 Corinthians 5. You can find that passage. It's one that you should put in your heart. Here's what this means. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Notice the tense. Notice the description. Has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Now in recent weeks, knowing that this would be the focus of the message, I've been asking people, what does it mean to you to have new life? Like imagine today that when you leave, our host team, they were at every exit. And when you walked out, they handed you the keys to a brand new car. That would be awesome, right? Imagine if the keys they handed you were to 
a, a new car, a new SUV similar to the one on the platform. This belongs to a friend of mine, and I told him I needed to borrow it for an illustration, and he said, sure, take it. Do anything you want with it. Well, anything I want with it means I could give it away. So under someone's seat today, there is tape, the keys. Not, I'm just, that. Let's not take it too far. He would no longer be my friend if I, he he had to be out of state today. And so can you imagine he comes back and I said, man, I just felt compelled. Like I I felt compelled. I, I gave it away. In 1990, I want to show you the car I was driving. This is a picture of it. (laughs) Kelly can tell you what it was like to ride in that. That's a Geo Metro. You're acting like you like it. That's a Geo Metro, and I drove it. I had it for a long time, and I have to tell you, there came a time where I wanted a new car. Can you imagine if someone would have walked up to me and given me the keys to this? I could say to you, I didn't just get an upgrade. Like this is completely different. Like a whole different level than the Geo Metro. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Like it's not reno- like it's not like my car is like new or renovated. No, it's completely different. Like, that's the old. And Paul said the old is gone. It's not like it's taken and renovated and freshened up and get a new paint job. No, the old is gone and the new has come. So over recent weeks, I've been asking people, what does it mean to you when the Bible says that at salvation, everything is new? And most everyone place the conversation in what's to come when we get to heaven. That is accurate. John wrote that there's coming a day where there will be no more tears because there's no more sickness and no more dying. And we're going to be at a place called heaven in the very presence of Jesus. And John wrote, and he on that day will make all things new. Paul, describing that experience, said, eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. It's not even entered into the mind of man what is waiting for those who love God. Paul, getting this vision of this rich and full eternity in a place called heaven, he started literally having a conversation with death. He he said it like this, death, where's your sting? And then he says, grave, where is your victory? The message paraphrase says this, hey, death, we're not afraid of you anymore. Now, how could anyone say that? Because they have this hope. It is a future hope. It is a hope like an anchor that one day everything will be set right. Can you imagine an existence that is total perfection? Like there are no problems, no sin, no sicknesses. There's nothing that threatens the perfect existence. That's why Paul, when he was given a vision of heaven, he stopped at one point and just said, I lack the words. I lack the words to describe it. It's just that awesome. He was trying to describe what it was like for corruptible bodies to put on incorruption and mortality to put on immortality. He got into all this language trying to describe the day when we are all in heaven because that is a promise. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your sins are forgiven and your names are like listed in what's called the book of life. And it's like you, you get your reservation made at salvation. That whenever Jesus comes or you die, you go to heaven. So you don't have to fear death. Matter of fact, here's what Paul said. Hey, death, where's your sting? And grave, where's your victory? Well, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus' victory is our victory, and at the moment of salvation, you receive eternal life. So it's awesome. And we could talk all day about 
that future and eternal home. But what about those of us who would say, okay, that is awesome, but I need some new right now. What about the challenges we're facing right now? If we aren't careful, we will look at the gift of heaven and that future promise like a story I saw recently where a man had won the lottery. He won $600 million. Instead of taking a lump sum, he's going to take it in the annuity fashion. And he has determined to give every relative, even distant relative, $1 million. However, because he's not taking a lump sum, each of these relatives have been given a year when they will receive their $1 million. And this distant relative is year 23. So this person is going to get $1 million, but it's not happening for the next 23 years. So it's like, wow, I get a million dollars in 23 years. So like, it, it's incredible. It's life-changing. But I have some challenges right now. So if the implications of being made new are only when we get to heaven, then we are going to be left with the same gap, the same disconnect, the same challenge, the same void. And the reason I placed emphasis on certain words in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is because it sums up in this phrase. And this is what I want you to take with you today. When Paul talks about the new life, here's what he's saying. New begins now. When you accept Jesus, there is a direct implication of that today, right now. Because what he wrote was, to anyone who is in Christ, the old life is gone and the new life has, has begun. You are a new person right now. Now, the question would be, okay, new defined as where once I was a sinner, I'm now a Christian. And so before God, I have cleared it up and been reconciled in a right standing with God. And I am no doubt saved. And when I die, I'm going to heaven. So is it just right standing? Is it this assurance that I'm not the person I used to be in terms of my sin debt is paid and forgiven? Or are there additional implications? New begins now. And I want to talk about the practical implications of new. You know, if someone said, hey, you've been driving the Geo Metro, I want to hand you the keys to this Mercedes. I would immediately have a navigation system that I didn't have before the new car. Just so you know, the Metro didn't have a navigation system. <laughs> so now I, I, I have this leadership, this navigation that will help me get from point A to point B. When you get saved, one of the practical applications of the new beginning now is that you have guidance from God. Now, many of you are at intersections of life, and you need to make a choice. You've got some decisions to make, and you want to make the right decision. Well, as a believer, as a Christian, you have on the inside a leading, a prompting, it's the leading in the life of the believer that comes from the Lord. So you don't have to acknowledge, you don't have to lean on your own ideas and how you think it should work. You get to walk in ordered steps in a way that is directed by God. It's like your navigation system that works because you are a believer. That is an implication of the new beginning now. Another is this there's a computer system in this ride that causes it to determine or to sense if in any way it's losing traction. If the terrain has gotten in such a way or there's snow, it can determine that and it can send more traction to the left front tire or the back right tire 
it can sense where the slippage is happening and it can automatically stabilize the vehicle. When you become a Christian, one of the implications of the new life is that you have what it takes to be stable. You don't have to be fragile. You're going to have incredible challenges, but there is by being a Christian, there is a certain traction that you have in the worst of times, in the most challenging times. So that would be an implication of new beginning now. But there's one that stands out to me. There's one that is on the top of my list. And it's this, when you get saved, the new begins now means new power. My Geo Metro, it didn't even have a four-cylinder. It, it had a three-cylinder motor. That's like a rubber band. It would like drone and whine and just... This has 536 horsepower. And it's turbocharged. That's like supernatural power compared to the Metro. And when you get saved, to me, the top implication is that you get new power. Now, don't miss what I said. I, I'm not in any way undermining that your sins are forgiven, you're in Christ, you have the assurance of heaven. But I'm speaking of what does it mean to be new now? And it means that you have new power. New power because you're going to have to get up from where you are. Metaphorically, get up from the old life. Get up from the path you've been on. Get up from the pattern that, that has brought you to that place of desperation. The prodigal, who's talked about in Luke 15, made a series of terrible decisions and it was like a, a fall, a spiral, until he was in this deep, bad place. His life was broken and messed up. When we watch his life change, and we see the power of the Father, which was shown to us through his acceptance and forgiveness and purpose being reestablished, he received the power to get up and to move into the reality of the new life. See, if you leave here today and say, I know my sins are forgiven, but you don't know how to reconcile the past, then though you have the hope of heaven, you don't have any new power in your old life. Here we have this old world. We need some new power. And so what I'm saying is, the power to start the new life is what you receive at salvation. David, writing to people who understood the geography of where he lived, said that of the Lord he came to me and he found me and he found me in this deep miry clay. Like he, David is saying, I was stuck and I couldn't save myself. But God came to me and he, the Bible says, he lifted me and he established me. What I'm saying is when you get saved, the same spirit that raised Christ, it is a resurrection spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ is what comes in power to your soul. And it's the power to get up. We hear in culture that failure is not final. Have you heard that? We hear that falling down is not failure, it's staying down. Okay, well then, where's the power that keeps failure from being final? Where is the power to get up and move on? If you've got serious issues in your past, and we all do, where is the power? It doesn't come from ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. So new begins now means there's power that will, it will raise you up. It will pick you up. 
it will be the spirit of resiliency in you to get you back on your feet. New begins now. To get up. And then to get over some things. Praise God I'm going to heaven. Praise God I have right standing with God. I've had someone look at me and ask. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. But how do I forgive my dad who abused me when I was a child? See, I want to know the implications of the new life now. That person is saying, I can't get over what happened to me. And the power we're talking about today is the power not only to get up, but to get over those kind of things. Let me spend a few moments with that. When the prodigal came from his desperate place and found the acceptance of the father that he didn't know would be there, total forgiveness, he didn't think that would be there because he had rehearsed a speech where he was just wanting to to be an employee of the father. He didn't think he'd ever have the rights of a son. He said, "I'm, I'm not worthy to be your son. So when he learned of the total forgiveness, something happened on the inside. When you realize that this new power forgives you of every sin that you have ever committed, that you are totally accepted by God no matter what you have done, when you start experiencing the depth of that kind of grace in your own life, it gives you the emotional power to then turn and forgive those who sinned against you. See, I'm all excited about heaven where there will be no more abuse and no potential of unforgiveness, but I need to know, is there power to forgive past hurts Right now. And this new power, it's incredible. Inside of you, when when you're left to self, it's just not going to equal the challenge. But the power of Jesus can put an emotional wealth inside of you out of which you can forgive others. And until that happens, then the implications of the new life are not fully being experienced. The movie Unbroken that came out at Christmas was about Louis Zepparini. We've talked about him, this war hero. He was captured by the Japanese, put in a prisoner of war camp, and they abused him in the worst way. When he finally came home, his life, though the movie was called Unbroken, his life was broken into a million pieces emotionally. He was an alcoholic. He had lost most of his money. His marriage was about over, and his wife begged him to go hear Billy Graham. And so he he finally says, I'll go. And when he listened to Billy Graham's message... This new power came to Louis's heart. And Louis was saved. And ten years later, Louis goes back to that very prisoner of war camp, gathers up all of those people who were his captors, and he tells them his story of salvation. He tells them of God's forgiveness for him, and he forgives all of them. The man that was the meanest, he looked for him to share Christ with him and to offer forgiveness to him. Where does the kind of power come from to forgive people who treat you like he was treated? It comes from the power of new life. It comes from Jesus. There was a couple in our first service, they've been coming here for a while, And they haven't heard from their daughter 
in eight years. She's an adult now. I've known about this story. Can you imagine as a parent not hearing from your child for eight years? They know where she lives. She will just have nothing to do with them. They go online and look around trying to find pictures of the grandkids that they've never gotten to meet. And after eight years, this week, their daughter called home. Called her mother. First time her mother has heard her voice in eight years. How do you handle that? It's this new power. This power of Jesus. See, I'm talking about new that begins right now. In this old world, there is, there's heartache and pain and disaster even. And what will allow you a response to it is the power of Jesus on the inside. Finally, not only to get up and to get over some things, but to get on with your life. We know that the Lord has a plan for us. We, we have an entire nation that talks about the power of the dream. Now I can tell you as a believer, along the way in my life, the Lord started stirring in my heart a sense of purpose for my life and as that vision started to form from the Lord in my heart, there is power in that vision. There's no doubt. There are days that it's the power of that vision that, that keeps me reaching and working and, and persevering. Because there, there's, it's the power of the dream. But you never get to the power of the dream unless you have power to dream. See, if you have a sordid past and you know that the Lord has forgiven you and new life has come, but you're trying to get over all of these issues, you may have given up on the, the strong prospects of an awesome future. You may think that something that happened in the past has undermined the potential of your future or taken it away. And that life for you is, is one of just coping. It's not one of dreaming and hoping and looking forward to tomorrow. Yes isn't written over tomorrow. And purpose isn't written over tomorrow. You're just trying to survive. See, the power to dream is part of the new beginning now. Here's what Paul wrote. He said, at salvation, you become this new person and you are his workmanship. Another version says, you become his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works that were ordained or set in motion for you to do before you were born. Just try to wrap your mind around that. That's... That's called sovereignty, that God wanted you alive. God wanted you here because God has a plan for your life. And he had a plan for your life and had a, had a certain destiny before you were born. And now you're his masterpiece in Christ Jesus. And you begin to walk in those good works by the power that is at work in you. What power? New power. The power to dream. The power to hope. The power that your life has value and there's a place where you're needed and you're useful and you're going to go for it. And it's going to be beyond anything you could imagine. See, power that can break off the worst 
in deepest hurt or pain or offense or bitterness. Get you back on your feet and over those past hurts where you can walk in a sense of purpose so radically changed that your story is something that God will use to reach to other people with clarity of what he can do through the story of when you were down and hopeless. A national survey asking people, if you could have something new, what would it be? And and the survey was specific. Get beyond like a new car or a new house. Take it to a deeper level. And of all the answers, there were answers like new passion or new want to. A new canvas upon which God could paint. All those kind of answers came. But the number one answer was this. A new beginning. And this new power that I'm talking about is the power of a new beginning. None of us can start over. That's not possible. But all of us can start again. None of us can roll the clock back and relive a day or a season or years of our life. None of us can start over. But all of us can have a new beginning. So when Paul said, those who are in Christ, the old life is gone and the new has begun. What he was saying is new power to get up from where you are. To get over anything that could slow you down or hinder going on into the future and the fullness of life that he has for you. And then one day, heaven. That's the good news. Jesus died to give you heaven. Jesus died to forgive your sins so that you wouldn't spend your eternity apart from him. But he also died and rose again so that he could come to where you are raise you out of that place, addiction, whatever you describe, raise you out of that, empower you to get moving with your life, and if you have consequences because of poor sinful choices, it's his power to deal with the consequences. If you have past hurt, it's his power to where you shift from just trying to get over things until you're not oriented in your thinking of getting beyond or getting over, you're now oriented to what's coming. You're thinking about the next step, the next move, the next level, the next opportunity. You're thinking about the influence that God has for your life. Transformation, it starts first and foremost in your heart and in your mind. Am I just living today trying to find power to You know, it's like I'm backing into my future because I'm having to use all the power to get over what happened in the past. No, at some point, you have a transformation. That's what this new power does. You go from the Metro to the Mercedes. Do you see what I'm saying now? Do you see? This, This is what I'm... It's not renovating you. It's not a new paint job. It's not you getting a new motor. It's a whole new you. Listen, this is what Paul said. The old is gone. And the new has come. Now walk in that. And there's no other avenue. No other resource. No other person. That can give you this new life with new power. Other than Jesus Christ. Because his ultimate sacrifice and resurrection. Is what threw open the door of opportunity for you. New beginnings. New beginnings. New power. Would you close your eyes with me? Say Ron. You've spoken to me. I just feel stuck in this certain place of life. And I need new power. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. 
Some of you would say, I, I can't get over some things. I'm the one that's just thinking about the past and right now just trying to navigate now. All right? You need to respond today. I'm going to give you that opportunity. Some of you want to be oriented toward the promise of your future and the purpose of your life. The reason that you're here. You know it's going to take the power of God to do that. So if today that's you in one of those three areas and you say it's time for new to begin now. I want you to raise your hand. Raise it up. God bless you. Just keep, just raise them really fast. That's it. That's it. Keep raising. I'll see them. Hands are just going up. That's awesome. Yeah. New begins now. Thank you. New begins now. Thank you. Hear that. New begins now. New, thank you. New begins now. From this day forward. Jesus in his love and his grace is here to make all things new he's going to make you a new creation if you raise your hand acknowledging that you want that new to begin now we want to pray for you everything we have done this week is to lead so that we could have this experience where there could be clarity where there could be a moment of decision. And it's a defining moment. This is the kind of moment that could change the trajectory of your life. The relationships of your life. The quality of your life. Your eternity. Amazing grace. So here's what I want to do. If you raise your hand, I want to pray for you. Here's the way it'll happen. I'll ask for people to come forward and in your heart, you're going to be, man, this is my moment. And you will get out of your seat. And when you do, people are going to be celebrating with passion because we all know what it's like to need new power for the new life. We all do. We all know what it's like to not be making progress and needing a new beginning. We all know. We know what it's like to be a prodigal and need a new start. We all know that. So there's nothing unique. It's just a bunch of people who are experiencing grace, figuring out what it means to be a Christian and to apply this new life in this old world. So are you ready? You ready for life to never be the same again? You ready for a defining moment? I believe you are. If you raise your hand, I want you to stand right now and begin to come as the team sings. Come on, you, church, you know how we do this. Come on. Come on, put your hands together. This is why we're here. Come on, if you raise your hand, come. Come on, let's celebrate what the Lord is doing here today. How sweet that saves. love reaches to you, he comes to you it's so strong in this place and it's just a place of healing, it's a place of hope, it's a place of help, no one here is judging you or analyzing you, they're just hoping for you and praying for you, so what I want to do is give you an opportunity to look to that person on your left or right and say look if you need some new to begin now if you need a new beginning I know what that's like, I'll, I'll go and pray with you It'd be my privilege. 
And God will use you. It'll be special and meaningful. And it'll be the support that somebody needs to respond. So look to that person right now. And if they say yes, just begin to come. They'll be singing and we'll celebrate what God's going to do. Man, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. Come on. Praise God. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I want everybody to have someone praying with them. If prayer team, you know who you are. If there's anyone that needs that kind of support, nobody being left alone today. All right. I thank you for the people that you have worked in such a way so that they would be here today to, to see and hear that new life begins now. You guarantee this with your character and nature and your word that if we will work the plan, that it will work. And I pray that you just start with making yourself known, making yourself real to each person here. What I want to do is lead in a prayer, and I want everyone to repeat this after me so that no one would be left out of understanding how to just talk to Jesus. So those of you in your seats, you know how we do this. You will repeat this prayer after me as a support to those who will be asking for this new life to begin now. So let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for new power. I know that it comes by your death and resurrection. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you're the one who died for me. You're the only one who can save me. You're the only one who can change me. So I open my heart to you gladly. I'm desperate for you. Please forgive my sins. Change my life. I need that power to go forward. I need your power to reconcile the past. I need your power for the life you're going to lead me to. So I receive it today. I'm excited that one day I'll be in heaven. I'm thankful that new begins now. In my thoughts, in my heart, and in my life. Thank you for what you have done for me. I will never be the same. I will walk with you. I will follow your lead. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise God for this. And here's what I want to do.
I want you guys to spend some time together just making sure they sense the support and the encouragement on the choice they're making on the life that's in front of them and so as they do that I'll talk to the rest of you we are just days away now from a major opportunity to serve our community so I just would leave you with Cody's challenge to join one of the teams okay join one of the teams and let's serve together and then that'll have us ready for this time next week Easter Sunday and and the changed series will continue and I think next week will be as powerful as any we've had and they've been truly life-changing so why don't all of you stand with me thank you for your heart why don't we all do our very best to bring someone with us next Sunday let's do that we'll be ready to receive you and your friends and we'll have a great time together I hope you have a blessed and great day. You're dismissed.